I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Va, José. Vamos a ver. Coge aire. Se dirige la pelota. ¡Gol del español! ¡Gol! ¡De José Lu! ¡No hay décimo cuarto malo! Y dice, yo soy José Lu. Y por el gol, mato. José Lu mato. Hello everyone and welcome to another La Liga Lowdown podcast. The matches keep coming thick and fast in Spanish football and the intensity and the importance of the games is continuing to increase. I'm your host, Matt Clark, delighted to be joined by Roman Darke from Barcelona. How are you, Roman? I'm good, Matt. Thanks uh, for having me once again. Uh, enjoying seeing how Barca had a really good game, for example, against Betis and how we're not like losing track despite that defeat we had against Rayo Vallecano. And aside from that, we saw a weekend with uh, lots of goals, I'd say, from um, quite a few teams might feel kind of one-sided if you look at the results maybe not as much if you look at the games but still it was it was good to see goals because that's something we always enjoy uh, in La Liga Yeah we seem to be getting more and more goals the last few match days it seems to be a bit of a trend that's going up which is good to see uh, we'll get on to Barca and, and Real Madrid uh, a little bit later in part two but first I think we need to start in Catalonia because it was a massive six point uh, six pointer match in Cornellà Espanyol against Hetafe. Espanyol hadn't won since February and Hetafe had just sacked Quique Sanchez Flores and reappointed Jose Bordalas. Uh, made big news on Saturday, his return. He was appointed, announced, um, took training and then was presented all on Saturday. And his first game was on Sunday. And he went the way of Espanyol, a crucial win for them. Uh, so yeah, Bordalas had no impact just yet. Roman, what was your take on this? It was a, a really intense game, but Espanyol probably needed to win more than Hitafe. Yeah, for me, it was kind of a life or death situation for Espanyol, honestly, because a defeat there would have really put them in a very complicated position. Of course, mathematically, they still have plenty of chances, but morally, I kind of feel like the team would have just gone into a deeper des desperation, you know, and seeing how the manager, Luis Garcia, had him fully managed to get... The results that the, the club expected, another defeat here would have been also maybe, I would have questioned his position of course and maybe would have made Espanyol change manager again and I don't know how 
good that would actually be on the players, you know. Um, we've seen it now with, as you said, with Bordalas change in last minute. He's come on. We know he's an experienced manager. Valencia apparently were also interested in, in maybe getting him because Baraja, you know, has had some ups and downs, and we know that Bordalas is a very reliable manager and has a lot of reputation here in La Liga. So of course you want him to, to be on your side for these kind of situations. But surprisingly, uh, he didn't have that immediate effect a lot of managers have. You know, when they come on. Uh, in their first game, you know, and then change things around. Something sometimes that really gives a boost of uh, motivation to to teams to you know turn things around and get a good result on the get go. But it wasn't the case, and I mean, Espanol in the end, you know, I think they they deserved the win. It's true, it came through a penalty handball in the, in the box, you know, and Joselu didn't miss that crucial pen for them with that, which was enough basically to take the one nil. And we'll have to see this battle continues for relegation. Some really interesting um, games going to be coming up in the next few weeks because of course lots of teams still involved and nobody seems to pull away except for maybe we could say Sevilla uh, who managed to has managed to get good results in recent games but aside from that uh, there's still a lot of teams there involved indeed and this was a massive one because had Espanyol lost this game they would have been five points away from the, uh, the safety zone but of course with this win they now go level on points with Hitafe and actually go ahead of them on the head-to-head because they've won both games against Los Azulones. So that could be crucial as well if the teams end up level on points. The, the head-to-head could come into play. Um, so yeah, both of those teams level on uh, on points. We'll look at the overall picture in a second. But the other game that had took place on Sunday in the relegation battle, dogfight, whichever way you want to call it, took place at the Nuevo Mirandilla. Cadiz with uh, fantastic home support, taking on Valencia, who had won their last two games. Um, and this one again went the way of the home side. Caddy 2 0 up, uh, a goal in the first half from Escalante, and then after the break, uh, Sergi Guardiola just after the kickoff. Valencia pulled one back but couldn't get level. Um, and this was a really gritty, intense performance from Caddy, typified by Pacho Espino, wasn't it? The captain on his 100th league game for the club. He, he basically was a, a kind of one man band for, for everything good about Caddy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, here it was uh, a really crucial game again for, for both sides, another relegation battle. Um, and in the end, Cadiz, I think, made the most of their first half where they were the better side. Uh, they, they deserved, I think, to go uh, up in the scoreline. They got that second goal through uh, Sergio Guardiola. And I mean, in, in the first goal, actually, I wanted to point out that it was like kind of a, a battle between Escalante and Nico Gonzalez. They were uh, in a corner kick, you know, waiting to... To, to for the corner to be kicked basically and of course uh, there was a little push a little shove by Escalante on Nico Gonzalez and Nico kind of pushes him back and kind of like uh, talks to him you know and I kind of feel like Escalante was the more veteran player and kind of took him out a bit of his role there in defending and he was more focused on on the little like fight they had between both the players and you could see right after how Escalante just runs away from Nico Nico doesn't have time to react and he just like heads the ball in and, and you could tell that sometimes for these kind of tough games tough situations the veteran players of course are the more reliable ones even though of course previous game for Valencia we had the youngsters score that winner and that kind yeah. of destroys my argument a bit but uh, usually the veterans are are the guys you want on your side and Escalante has been fantastic since he came to, to Cadiz in the winter transfer uh, window uh, and now you know crucial victory I'm disappointed with Valencia because I thought that maybe with the last win they got they could build a bit on that, you know, and, and keep uh, pulling away from the relegation zone, but they just can't find a way, you know, and it's another kind of um, thing that summarizes what Valencia has been in the past few years, you know, suffering and, and 
uh, agony and, and tough times, and it's just uh, going to be probably right until the end where they find out if they're going to get saved or not. But it's hard to see such an historic club down there. It is. This is going to go all the way for sure. And you're right, it is the case that you need those experienced heads with the, the know-how and the nous to kind of just get the upper hand in any way they can, as you say, for that, that opening goal. Well, one of the surprising results of the week and perhaps of the season was uh, Elche. <laughs> they would have been relegated had they lost to Rayo Vallecano on Saturday afternoon. But um, they go and win 4-0. I mean, no one saw this coming, Roman. Kept them alive for at least another couple of days till the next match day. Okay, there was a red card for Florian Lejeune in the first half, which kind of conditioned things. But Rayo, uh, Elche scoring four goals for the first time since 2015. Uh, remarkable result and um, yeah what, what else can you say really it's just amazing <laughs> yeah I mean uh, it's good that at least they can enjoy something like this you know they haven't had uh, much many good moments we could say this season honestly it's been really tough for them because basically they've known they've been relegated for so long even though of course mathematically there are still options but realistically there aren't so I mean for them to get a, a win like that uh, before Saying goodbye, we could say, to, to La Liga, I think is always nice. Uh, of course, as you mentioned, that red card, I do think, obviously had an, an important impact in the game in the end because uh, well, the four goals came after that and uh, playing uh, about around 75 minutes or 70-75 minutes with with 10 men isn't easy at all, isn't, sorry, isn't easy at all especially after coming again, uh, from playing an important game against Barcelona midweek. You know, So uh, a lot of Rayo players were obviously a bit more tired, rotations were involved, etc. So it doesn't make it easy at all. But as you said, still credit to Elche because you know, they could have scored one or two, but they, they managed to score four. Uh, they proved that they have the capacity you know, to, to create an attack and, and get good opportunities. And as, as I said before, I think it's... Uh, good for for the fans and for the players you know and the club itself to to enjoy these kind of moments because uh, they're going to go back to Segunda most likely and that's always going to be a tough one but at least they'll leave with a bang we could say if they keep getting similar results yes something for their fans to cheer about for sure and and nice for Becca Cheche to get off the mark with a win Um, and yeah as for Rayo well they may be in a conversation for the out the last kind of European spot uh, having beaten the leaders they went and lost heavily against the bottom club. It's just a completely unexpected uh, turnaround, really. But uh, they've had a very good season overall, beating Madrid and Barca at home. So we'll put this one down to um, a bad day at the office, shall we say. Uh, <laughs> one more team in the relegation area that we haven't touched on yet. And they played on the Sunday night game. Real Valladolid against Atletico. And this was a bit of an unexpected partidazo. It was uh, Atleti's first return to the Jose Soria since that final day in 2021 when they won the league in dramatic circumstances. Luis Suarez crying on the phone and all that. Simeone getting chucked in the air. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Real Valladolid were relegated that day too. So um, real contrast in emotions on that occasion. And this one was full of, uh, full of action too. Atleti raced into a three-goal lead. Nahuel Molina with the opening goal. Jose Jimenez with a goal and an assist in the first half. Not very often he does that. In fact, it was the first time in his career he's done it. And then uh, you're thinking Atleti are cruising to another victory. But then in the second half, Real Valladolid got it back to 3-2. They were bombarding the Atleti box with corners and, and attacking plays. The fans were getting right behind them. And then on the break, Atleti sentenced the game, making it 4-5. and five. So um, in the end, Atleti getting the job done, Roman. But what a game. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, as you said before, when when the first two goals came in, Nahuel Molina and uh, Jimenez scored in the first twenty, well, the first twenty-five minutes. I thought the game was practically over, honestly. Uh, but you know, out of nowhere, uh, Valladolid kept pushing, you know, and, and and got their opportunities to come back into the game. As you said, got in three-two, and then they were pushing. They had uh, many more shots uh, than Atlético de Madrid. They had way more corners. Than Atletico de Madrid, they generated, they were pushing. You can tell with Pezzolano, since he's come on, I think Valladolid have looked way more offensive, honestly. They've really uh, been conceding a lot, but at the same time, they've been scoring a lot. So, I mean, you win some, you lose some, but at least, you know, Valladolid are a brave side. They go forward and like to make the most of the opportunities. And knowing that they were 3-0 down against a team like uh, Atletico de Madrid, they could have really given up and started thinking about the next uh, midweek fixture, but they didn't. You know, they kept on going, they kept on fighting, and then right until the end... Uh, 86th and the 93rd minute when the Atletico scored the last uh, two goals then of course uh, that ended any hopes but you know Valladolid pushed pushed and pushed and unfortunately for them it didn't work but that's the way it has to be if you want to save yourself from from relegation yeah absolutely and as you say they've scored in every game since the Uruguayan came to the club um and but only one clean sheet so yeah goals at both ends is quite likely when uh, Real Valladolid are playing at the moment uh, yeah, as for Atleti, they were celebrating on the pitch at the end. Their fans stayed behind in the corner and the, the, the players went over there uh, jumping in the air, celebrating because they know that's effectively Champions League qualification all but secured. They are now 15 points of clear of fifth with only six games remaining. So effectively there and they're only two points behind Real Madrid. So still that battle for second is also something to, uh, to look out for. Back in the relegation picture, though, just as an overall before we hit the break, uh, this weekend was obviously dramatic with those two direct direct confrontations. It leaves things looking like this. Cadiz have gone up above uh, the danger zone. They're on 35 points, level with Real Valladolid, also on 35. Then we have Almeria and Valencia, both on 33. And that's where the, the dotted line is. And then in it is Espanyol and Getafe, but they are only two points each adrift. So very much all to play for. Still only four points between those six clubs. So as, as you said earlier, Roman, it's going to get very interesting and, and even more intense and the pressure is going to build as the weeks close in and the matches dwindle away. Um, dramatic stuff. I, I probably couldn't call who's going to go down now along with Elche. I don't know if you want to have a go. I mean, a uh, few weeks back, I thought it looked like Getafe was going down in Almeria, but now Getafe are even lower down. So, I mean, they definitely could go because they improved a bit for a few games and it seemed like maybe they'd get out but they've gone back down after a really bad streak of games and then now Almeria's pushed a bit up so I mean it's, it's really hard to say honestly I just can't say I can't say I thought now lately Espanyol could also but now they won a game so uh, as you said it's going to be right until the very end where we're going to actually find out it almost is almost hour by hour week by week yeah. match by match the picture changes completely so it's uh, it's a fool's game to try and predict so <laughs> We'll leave it for there for part one. When we come back, we'll talk about those teams up at the top and the European race. Stay with us. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Centrando, gol, remata, gol, 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 Christensen gol, 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 Right away, kind of last midweek, but they returned to their favourite place, Cam Now, and they got a thumping 4 0 win over Betis. Um, a really comprehensive return for Javi's side, just what was needed. Lewandowski back on the score sheet, a first goal for Andres Christensen. Dembele returned as well, massive positive for Barca, and a debut for 15 year old Lamine Yamal, an incredible, uh, the fifth youngest player ever to play in La Liga, and Barca's youngest in the competition too. Roman, this is just what the doctor ordered, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, what the team needed, especially against uh, after that defeat against uh, Rayo Vallecano, sorry. And honestly, I mean, Barca played very well that game. I thought it was a really good performance, one of the best we've seen in a while, because as you said, recently Barca have been struggling to score, struggling to perform. They really hadn't been looking like themselves. It felt like maybe it was a bit of lacking some motivation or something like that. It was hard to really understand you know what was going on there but uh, this performance was very convincing I'd say um, of course the sending off of Edgar Gonzalez for many was very questionable with two yellow cards I mean the the second one for me was pretty clear the first one I can understand it's it's debatable but anyway it happened but these are have been very unfortunate this season so far uh, with red cards a lot of players being sent off I think the team with, with most sending offs uh, so far this season and there's still quite a few games to go so we'll have to see how it ends up for them, but uh, despite that, Barca were were far more superior. Uh, Betis weren't really doing too much, weren't generating. You can really feel that without uh, William Jose, I sorry, William Jose, without uh, Fekir, uh, there's uh, an X factor missing for Betis in attack in terms of creativity and you know generating opportunities. And then of course, if you don't have Borja Iglesias, William Jose, the two strikers which aren't 
um, at their best, clearly, then it's hard. It's hard to play against a team like Barca, who's one of the best or the best defensive side uh, this season in La Liga, you know. So, honestly, I, I really didn't feel much of a threat playing against Betis, and I was a way more comfortable game than I could have expected, even when we, we started playing against uh, 11 players. So, uh, from there on, it was just a show from, from Barca. I mean, Lewandowski trying to get his goals for the Pichichi. Fortunately, he only got one. He hit the post also. He had some really good chances, but didn't manage to make the most of those. But at least he got one goal. And then, as you said, uh, Lamin Yamal getting his minutes at the end of the game. I mean, he definitely left some uh, impressive moments. We could say he had a very good one-on-one uh, from the left side. Uh, that he could have scored, honestly, there. And then, unfortunately... It didn't go in, but, you know, that happens. But then he gave a beautiful assist over the defense uh, to Dembele, who unexpectedly, or I don't know how, he didn't uh, hit, touch it properly with his foot, you know, and he like, went behind him. It was like, come on, Dembele, you just had to push it with your foot for Lewandowski to score. But anyway, uh, I can understand he's been about three months away, so, you know, it might take time for him to recover his best. And, I mean, the pass from Lamine was, was the kind of pass you expect from like, Busquets or from a Messi, you know, and mm. it came from a... 15-year-old uh, again against Betis in La Liga. So, I mean, pretty impressive and overall a good performance and hopefully uh, Xavi can get the team to keep this up, you know, and, and finish La Liga as soon as possible so they can uh, know they've won it and not have to worry anymore about any surprises or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just not fair. He was born in 2007. I mean, come <laughs> on. How old do you want to make us all feel? <laughs> uh, but yeah, for Barca... They are only eight points away now from confirming the title, so three wins required, and that is if Real Madrid win their remaining games too. So it might even be less than that. It's possible there is a scenario where Barca could win the league at the RCDE Stadium. Yeah. So a lot of Goulets <laughs> are looking at that match and thinking, please, 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 someone take points off Real Madrid so we can win it there. If not, it's quite likely that it could happen on Sunday the 21st of May when Barca host Real Sociedad at Camp Nou. So that's a potential date to ring in the diary um but yeah it's it's only a matter of time now surely with with Real Madrid focusing on other competitions in the next couple of weeks it's quite likely that uh, even if they don't drop points Barca will surely get the points they need mm-hmm. as for Real Madrid they uh, warmed up for the Copa with a 4-2 win over Almeria another Karim Benzema hat-trick you mentioned the Pichichi he's hunting Lewandowski down uh, we've got a piece on our Substack looking at that as well so check that out LLL online substack.com to see the the race for the Pichichi. Uh, a first half hat trick too. Again, one was a penalty, but they all count. Uh, a comprehensive win for Madrid. It's just what they need to keep ticking over. And uh, yeah, it was another good performance from them, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean uh, Real Madrid when they want, uh, they can perform. You know, they are a good side uh, after all. And as you said, uh, more than getting the three points, I think it was about Benzema getting his. His goals, you know, in the end, Madrid are actually fighting more for a Pichichi and, and that kind of indi- individual prize and not uh, La Liga. And it's actually um, Benzema's sixth goal from the penalty spot with, with that hat-trick he scored. Uh, the third goal he scored there was, was his sixth penalty, whereas Lewandowski so hadn't scored any penalties uh, this season. I think, in fact, he actually missed uh, at least one in, in La Liga, I think it was. And they're very close, you know, two goals away from, from Lewandowski. And I mean, it's surprising because Benzema kind of seems like he's there and then kind of has been disappearing for some games. Then he's back again, scoring uh, three and three goals. I mean, 
we know how threatening he is, how good he is, and how important he is for this team. So, I mean, they definitely need the best version of Karim Benzema if they want to do well in the Copa del Rey and if they want to do well in the Champions League because he's a fundamental for them. Even though it's true that Vinicius has been shining this season, he's been uh, taking the spotlight mostly, but uh, not only for his quality, of course, for other reasons as well in terms of uh, not being too happy with uh, opposition fans and players. But, well, Vinicius is still young. Hopefully he can... Uh, changed his attitude in that sense and of course he didn't have his best performance maybe he got um, another yellow card in this case also protesting quite a lot but uh, we'll see if, if sometime he gets a red card I don't know what's going to happen there maybe he's the new Casemiro I'm <laughs> just kidding in any <laughs> case I mean it was, it was you know comfortable game from Real Madrid enjoying themselves I mean Almeria are fighting for their lives but uh, if Madrid are in good shape in the Bernabeu and, and counter-attacking and doing what they do best then it's really difficult for them to to get anything you know I mean they they did try and push back with those two goals uh, but unfortunately it wasn't enough and you know Madrid did enough to to win the game comfortably yeah it's uh, one of those things Almeria got their first win away from home at Getafe but uh, to ask them to go again to Madrid and, yeah. and do it again was a bit much in the space of three or four days uh, crucially, that yellow card for Vinicius does mean he will be suspended, suspended for the Real Sociedad game because that is his 10th of the season now. So he will be out for the Real Sociedad game. A lot of Madridistas are quite happy about that because it means he gets a good rest before the Copa del Rey final. Um, yeah, essentially, that's that's their next game. That's on Tuesday. We'll, we'll come on to those games in, in due course. But uh, again, Real Madrid doing what they need to do just to keep, keep making sure that Barca have to win it rather than give it to them on a plate. So... That's all we can really say from their perspective. And, and Benzema, yeah, three hat-tricks in the month of April, two in La Liga and one in the Copa, just in, in blistering form. Uh, on to the race for fourth now. And as we know, the top three look pretty locked in. Uh, so it's, it's Real Sociedad who are currently in fourth. They went to Pamplona on Friday night. Seems a long time ago that. They were they were pretty uh, under the cosh for a lot of the game. Rory Barlow was there. He was saying that Osasuna were very impressive. But uh, Real Sociedad got the job done. Another clean sheet for Alex Remiro. Uh, an own goal in the first half and then a, a late Take Kubo goal meant they came away with that 2-0 victory. Uh, Osasuna's last home game before that final next week. It was really nice. They had the players from the 2005 final there with them on the pitch. So it was a really nice moment for the fans to kind of give them a real positive send-off despite the defeat, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, Osasuna have been probably one of the revelations, we could say, of, of La Liga this season, I think. Uh, not just for arriving to the Copa del Rey final, but also for how well they've been doing um, in La Liga and how well they've been doing, you know, um, playing well in both competitions at the same time. Because we know that sometimes a mid-table team like Osasuna, when they focus maybe on the Copa del Rey, they really tend to struggle as a consequence in La Liga. But Osasuna have surprisingly really maintained that level all the way uh, through. They've really shown that they have quite decent depth in terms of uh, subs and rotation. I mean, Arrasate has done a incredible job in that sense keeping the team alive all the time and fighting and you know i mean they've been having really good results uh lately in in la liga despite you know everything uh that they've been going through in, in the copa del rey and those really tough games they've had you know and you know they're still they're still actually right there really close to to athletic club to betis even you know just to f uh, five points away so i mean europe isn't really out of reach um, if they don't win uh, the Copa del Rey. So, I mean, Osasuna are, are looking always like a good side, always a tough side to, to, to beat. And Real Sociedad, in the end, they're getting really important three points because dropping points there would have really meant that Villarreal are going to uh, 
put a lot of uh, pressure on them and you know Real Sociedad did have that really bad streak uh, going back a, a few months back you know where it seemed like they might not uh, be capable of holding on to the Champions League position but they've kind of rebuilt themselves from then and they've stabilized the situation and they're getting the points they need so far so I mean the gap is relatively comfortable at the moment but of course another slip and we'll see what happens but uh, Real Sociedad getting the job done. Indeed. And the final game from this weekend so far was that team, Villarreal, chasing down uh, Real Sociedad. They are now the team closest to them, as you say, five points in it. They beat Celta 3-1 at the uh, Estadio de la Ceramica. An early Nico Jackson double put them 2-0 up, and then they had the chance to go 3-up. But Danny Parejo missed the penalty again for the second consecutive match day. Uh, Celta got one back through uh, Jorgen Strand Larsen, but then later on, Ramon Terraz got his first goal for the club to uh, seal the victory. So, yeah, Roman, do you think Villarreal can really push Real Sociedad all the way? Or will it, that points difference just be too much with the games remaining? I mean, they, they can. There's a possibility. But then, of course, when Villarreal are doing well, they do uh, their typical thing where they drop points against an Elche. You know, I mean, and, and those three points, for example, they're going to really be maybe regretting not having won because uh, that would have put them two points away from Real Sociedad. The pressure would have been a lot more and of course that could change the situation but I mean uh, they're still fighting for that Champions League spot they're still going for it of course uh, they're really lucky to have Nico Jackson back at his best because I mean he really looked like a talented player when Emery started playing him uh, previously and I mean he had potential but then kind of dissipated a bit also the injury came by it felt like um, he wasn't really the player we thought he might be they also tried to sell him as a matter of fact in the uh, winter transfer window but his injury kept him at Villarreal and now again uh, he scored the, the last game he scored two he's showing that he's still a very useful striker especially now that uh, Moreno isn't available and hasn't been available for most of the season which is a massive blow of course for for Villarreal but um, having him at this level is, is really important and beating a team like Celta who've had some very good moments since Carvajal came on I mean is, isn't easy so uh, I think there's still a possibility there's still a fight uh, there's still uh, six games to go and, and anything can happen you know but uh, it's going to be tough because five points are quite a big gap and as I said Real Sociedad seemed to stabilize that situation so it won't be as as, as easy or as, as likely as it maybe seemed a few months back when they were really struggling mm. We'll be intriguing to see how it plays out because Real Sociedad do have some tough games as well so we'll see if there is any life in that race for the top four uh, As for the end of Matchday 32 we've got two games on Monday Mallorca taking on Athletic Club and Sevilla taking on Girona. Um, Sevilla, of course, still unbeaten under Mendilibar. I joked on Twitter the other day that if Sevilla win that game, they might even finish above Betis because they'd <laughs> only be five points behind if they win. So that's an interesting one to watch because we've still got El Gran Derby to come. So that could be a real um, interesting one to watch. And then as for match day 33, which is the next one, of course, that kicks off on Tuesday. So there's games every day in La Liga. Uh, Tuesday night, Barca against Osasuna, Almeria against Elche, so again, a massive chance for Almeria to get a home win. Elche, again, will be down if they lose. Real Sociedad against Real Madrid is the big partidazo on Tuesday night. On to Wednesday, massive one at Mestalla once again, all Valencian clash, Valencia Villarreal. Uh, Atleti against Cadiz, Getafe Celta, Bordalas has called it a final. Of course, we know it isn't a final, but it's a big game for Getafe. And then Thursday, Sevilla Espanyol, Girona Mallorca, Rayo against Real Valladolid, should be goals in that one. And then Athletic against Betis. 
So yeah, an interesting match day to come, Roman. Any any last comments to make before we sign off for the week? Well, not much more to say. Uh, really intrigued to see if Sevilla can keep up uh, this uh, really good rhythm they have in La Liga because honestly, um, it proves the, that it's so important to get it right with the manager. You know, we we saw how Lopetegui had really got him past his best moment. You could feel the players didn't really believe him towards the end of last season, so it didn't really make too much sense to to keep him on and then San Paoli wasn't clearly the right the right choice and now with Mendilibar you can see a very different Sevilla not just fighting to, to overtake Betis but also uh, for the Europa League still you know so uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can uh, again take points from a very motivated Girona who managed to thrash Madrid recently and who have uh, Tati Castellanos who's pretty much on fire indeed yeah so much football to come plenty to look forward to across the week Keep it at La Liga Lowdown on Twitter for coverage of all of that. And we'll speak to you again at the end of the week, reviewing that Matchday 33 midweek round of fixtures. So from all of us here, we'll speak to you again very soon. And enjoy the football. Adios. Ciao.